Well, good morning to everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. And today is Friday, February 9th, 2018. Uh, today we're, we're reading from the big book, and we are currently, uh, we left off on page 25 at the asterisk at the bottom of the page, which takes us to the appendix two, which is page 567 on the spiritual experience. Today's readers, we have Eve K on the 12 steps. We have Mary S on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text, we have Janice M, Katie G, and Kim G. The, um, or actually that's Lauren uh, is gonna be the third reader. The reference number for Thursday, February 8th for the 7 a.m. meeting is 11,019. That's 11019, 11019. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it's 11021. That's 11021. The Overeaters, Anon, uh, excuse me, the Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive reading. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, the OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose and that's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask um, Eve Kay to read the 12 steps. Eve, good morning. Good morning. My name is Eve Kay. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a good day, everyone. Excuse me, Larry. Yes. But didn't we forget to say the sobriety prayer? I I need that. 
Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that at the end of the meeting. Okay. We always say at the beginning. I need yeah. it. Okay. Th- thanks so much. I appreciate it. If everyone can mute their phones, I I would really appreciate that. Thanks, you guys. Okay. The um, let's see here. Now I'm going to ask. Uh, I don't know if Mary S is on the line to read the twelve traditions. If not, perhaps Lauren or Melanie might be able to do that. Hi, Larry. It's Lauren N. Can you hear me? Hey, Lauren. You're coming through loud and clear. I appreciate that. The twelve traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, our only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards, or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Lauren, thanks for filling in there. Appreciate that. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we're gonna resume our study of the big book, and we left off on page 25. There's an asterisk at the bottom there, 
which leads us to appendix number two, which is on page 567, and it's on the spiritual experience. And Janice is going gonna, is gonna to help us this morning to study that. Janice, are you there? I am here, ready to go. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, for your service. And um, <clears throat> my name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. This is uh, the spiritual experience. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening I used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet, and it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, Many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming, quote, God consciousness, unquote, followed by once, by at once, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls, quote, the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomers are aware that the difference long before he is himself, he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped in an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that, <clears throat> pardon me, that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which 
in which I cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation by Herbert Spencer. Well, of course, my name is still Janice. And, you know, if this spiritual experience has not, let me put on my, there's so much in here. If this spiritual experience hasn't, you haven't received it as of yet, you will. It's a promise. After you've had a spiritual awakening, which you will have it after you do this process of the 12 steps, you know. And this is the goal. This is the goal of this whole program. This is the aim. It's not to lose weight. Yeah, that was a goal when I first came in. But this is the real goal. This is the real aim that I, as a compulsive overeater, will be changed. Not through me, because I didn't do it. It was done to me. And as a result of having, you know, going through this process. Um, and the most, the process outlined in, these, in this book is the 12 steps. And the best thing is that I am awakened to a higher power. Why? It just happened because, see, I lacked power when I came in. And here's the aim. Here's the goal. Here's the prize. That a, a power greater than myself has done so many things for me. And, you know, starting with the abstinence in my life that I have experienced, I have felt, I have done. Now, if you want to just look at page 106 and 107 in the 12 and 12, I think it's the best definition for a spiritual experience. People say, what is that? Well, I'm spiritual. Well, no, I was religious, but I wasn't spiritual. Maybe there are many definitions of spiritual awakening. I'm reading from the 12 and 12, as there are people who had them. But certainly each one, each genuine one has something in common with all the others. And I'm going to go on. Where a man or a woman, when a man or a woman has a spiritual awakening, the most important meaning of it is that he, me, Janice, and many of us others here, have now begin, become able to do, to feel, and believe, think which he could not do before on my own strength. I could never do what has happened to me in the past. I mean, just the other day, I had um, calamity, and uh, I could never, never do with my finite mind what, what happened, how, how my higher power, whom I choose to call God, um, came into my life and did for me what I couldn't do. So this is the promise. I'm never going to be alone. Um, now that I'm in recovery, I am changed, changed. That's the whole idea of the spiritual experience is to change. I am peaceful. I have serenity. In disease, I was restless, irritable, and discontented. So it's all about change. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Janice. Okay, we're going to transition over to sharing on the spiritual experience on page 567 that Janice just read. Who would like to share? Harlan G. Allison C. Gina Allison C. 
Okay, here's who I have so far. I have Harlan, Allison, Tina, Melissa. Did I meet, miss someone else in there? Tina F. Barb. You missed Barbara. Tina F. Barbara. Let's stop over there. Okay, here's who I have. I have Harlan, followed by Allison, Tina, Melissa, Tina, and Barbara. Okay, let's go with that group here. Hey, buddy boy, Harlan. Good morning. Don't tell me how <laughs> warm it is there. Don't you dare. <laughs> I'm, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's going to be in the mid-80s today. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> this is history. This is history. The very first edition of the big book, first printing, came out in April of 1939. The book was written in 37 and 38, and it was published in April of 39. And it spoke of spiritual experiences that were sudden and profound. That's what Bill had. That's what Fitzmayo had. That's what some of them had at the very beginning this bang, bang spiritual experience. And this was the experience that they were writing from. And people were getting copies of the book and they're writing into the AA office and they're saying, what are we doing wrong? And Bill Wilson is reading this and Hank is reading this and these guys are reading these inquiries and saying, uh-oh, we have to do something about this. Second printing of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, they add Appendix 2. Now, we hear a lot of things about the, they've never changed the first 164 pages of the big book of AA. That is not true. That is not true. If you go to the 12th step on page 60, it clearly states, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, that was changed. The original verbiage was having had a spiritual experience. What is the difference? It's explained here. A spiritual awakening is a slow developing phenomenon. And the phenomenon is used because they didn't quite understand it, but it is a fact that people like me did not have this white light experience of God coming into the room at the town's hospital, filling the room. I had a spiritual awakening of the educational variety. Now, how do you have a spiritual awakening as an educational variety, as the result of an educational variety? By doing exactly what we're doing this morning. We're coming to a meeting. And we're going to learn things. We're going to learn from each other, going to a meeting, working with a sponsor, working with a sponsee. I wish that I could give to my sponsees all they give to me. They give me far more than I ever could have given them. And if you're a member of the How groups, I knew Fred Schneider. Fred was the one who started How. Willing, on page 568, it says, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. And he looked at that and he says, W-H-O. He says, I can make a word out of that. So he flipped it and it became honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And that's where your how groups get their names from. H-O-W. Honesty, open-mindedness, 
and willingness. So there's a lot of history here in Appendix 2. There's a lot in, in Appendix 3 and 4 as well. But there's a lot of history here. There's a ton of things here to consider. And if it wasn't for this appendix explaining the difference, then people like me would still be stumbling around wondering, what on earth am I doing wrong? And the answer is nothing. God came to me and people like me slower but it was just as deep and profound an experience. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Harlan. Okay, we have Allison followed by Tina. Allison, you're up. Hi, this is Allison C. Can I be heard? You can. All right. Uh, Allison C. in New Jersey, and um, I'm in the car, so I'm hoping I don't uh, blank out um, I needed to get on this meeting because I couldn't miss this one. Um, so I am of the educational variety, and I, I want to touch on that thought of, you know, um, in town hospital, Bill had this, like, lightning bolt crazy experience of just God coming in and speaking to him, and that was not my experience. And I really thought that, you know, having done meditation and, and being a part of a spiritual group, previous to coming into the program, like, I was like, oh, I got this. Like, I totally, you know, I'm going to be like one of those people. I'm going to be just like Bill where it's going to come in. And it wasn't. And it was painful to have that thought. And I had to let go and accept that in myself, that, you know, I was of the educational variety. Of course, I wanted it my way. I wanted everything my way, including my spiritual experience. And, um, you know, it took some time and it, and, you know, having had a spiritual awakening and in the 12 steps it says having had a spiritual awakening and working with others. So we start to sponsor in the, the 12 steps. And I, I will say that it wasn't until I really started working with other people that I, I had profound spiritual experiences. And I'm not saying that that's going to be everyone's experience because I find it amazing. And I love the stories I hear of people who have these, you know, lightning bolts things where, where God comes in, but, um, you know, I have to continue in this program, and I have to continue um, working the steps, living in 10, 11, and 12, sponsoring people, keep going to meetings, and, and all that stuff, otherwise that, those spiritual experiences slowly start to fade away for me, um, and I found that when I landed myself um, in a relapse. And, you know, that goes back to that educational variety. I still needed to do some work, and I still needed to have some openness and willingness. And in the big book, it tells us over and over again, all we need is the willingness. So the first time I started my step work, and I didn't make it very far years ago, I thought that, you know, when I did steps two and three, that, like, I needed to know and define and, like, have this vision of what my higher power was and as I continued to study the book, I learned and um, from also personal experience that um, all I need is the willingness to believe in a higher power. And then over time, it just it transitions and it changes and you can redefine it and sometimes you have to fire higher powers and get new ones. And, you know, I'm just really grateful that, um, you know, I'm back into a really good place again um, where I am connected with my higher power and I am open and willing and honest. And that is what sets me up to have these spiritual experiences. Thank you for letting me share and everyone have a great day and weekend. Bye.
Thanks, Allison. Okay, we have Tina followed by Melissa. Hey, Tina, you want some snow down there in Florida? Tina, I'm going to bring some snow down to you in Florida. Are you there? Okay, I guess I'm not going to bring any snow. Melissa, you probably have some snow in New York, but... Hi, good morning, Larry. Good, good morning, morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Yeah, and we have snow. I, I'm dying some morning to get on and say that it's 86 degrees, but <laughs> I'll have to wait till the summer for that. Um, now, it's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York, and um, I just, you know, I love, I love this part of the book. I love all the parts of the book, but um, I, just like I, for years, would not read um anything that came before page one, I certainly didn't read things that were in the appendix, you know, and so it's no mistake that I sat at meetings um, waiting for the miracle to happen, you know, that's what I thought, that I was going to get God conscience, I was going to get a spiritual, you know, awakening, I was going to be struck by this spiritual thing, and then food was going to be removed, and I was going to be willing to do all the work. Um, and that's just my addict mind. I want the results before I wanted any effort. And actually, it's the exact opposite. It's as I did all the work, I received along the way. It was a process. It was like, you know, maybe two steps forward and a step back. Sometimes it was two steps back and then a step forward. It really was a process. And, you know, we're told that it's a personality change. Well, the personality changes um, as, you're, as you're taking actions that begin to change the way that you behave. You know, the way that um, I started viewing things began to shift. And, I mean, some of the my in, most incredible spiritual experiences happened in the most mundane, like ridiculous moments. There was a morning I went into work and instead of grumbling how filthy the bathroom was at work, I found myself cleaning it. And it was like, yeah, God found me in a bathroom. Um, but that's really how it's happened for me. It's been in pieces and steps along the way. So if you're waiting for this great God conscience thing to happen to you, don't wait. You know, do the work. It happens as a result. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, I don't. Did I? Was it a Gina rather than a Tina? Gina F. Maybe. maybe yeah, maybe. that's me, Gina F. From Get Connecticut. Out of here, stop, huh? Gina. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Hi, everybody. Gina F. Here, uh, recovered in Connecticut, and. Um, like most of us probably on this line, uh, my experience was of the educational variety as well. Um, although, you know, I've had, I've had experiences of feeling the overwhelming presence of God in my recovery. But um, just as Bill spoke about in his story, it's easily blotted out by worldly clamors. And uh, that's why this program requires spiritual work on a daily basis because I'm a human being and uh, worldly clamors very easily come in to block out my God consciousness. So um, 
like many on this journey, I uh, had some recovery, uh, but went into relapse. And when I think about it, I think that uh, the the HOW acronym there, I, I went through the 12 steps, um, but not fully honest, not fully open, and not fully willing. I wanted to hang on to uh, some of those fears. I wanted to hang on to some reservation about my higher power, about fully trusting my higher power. I wanted to hang on to some of my self-will. And as we found out, half measures availed us nothing. Um, and, you know, though I had some recovery, um, that faded away as I was unable to uh, to be fully open, honest, and willing with my fellows and with my higher power. What it really took was more suffering, more being beaten into a state of reasonable, reasonable, reasonableness so that I was ready to lay everything, everything down at the feet of this power of my misunderstanding, um, my desperate help for need with my life. Um, I had to become fully convinced that of myself I was nothing and um, that I needed to let go of everything and be willing to do those amends that I didn't want to do, to be honest with my sponsor in my fifth step about some of those secrets I wanted to keep um, and fully commit to the actions of this of these 12 steps, particularly 4 through 12, every day to go through them with full honesty, openness, and willingness. And um, that is how I was able to uh, reach a state of God consciousness that works in my life on a daily basis. Uh, so thank you for being here this morning, and I will pass. Thanks, Gina. Boy, I, I listen to way too much rock music, too much Metallica. I can't hear so well. I don't know. Is there a, Barbara, before you go, is was there a Tina that, that also chimed in? Do, 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 do. Okay. Hey, Barbara E., then you're next. Good morning. And you got to press star one to unmute your phone, Barbara. Oh, wonderful. There okay, you go. I never, ever thought I would be talking on this because I came into OA with extreme prejudice against the people and the concept that one would be rocketed to the fourth dimension, that the scales would fall from their eyes. I did not believe that. I was not an atheist, but I guess you could have labeled me an agnostic. And that held me back. It held me back from what I wanted to be and what I needed to be. And what I learned over the years was that prejudice against these people, prejudice against these institutions, prejudice against these principles was holding me back, holding me back from where I needed to be. And I realized it didn't matter whether I called it Buddha or Hashem or spirit of nature or divine spark, whatever I chose to call it, it would make me better so that I could eliminate those emotional liabilities that were indeed holding me back from becoming the person I wanted to be. I did come to believe 
that there was a spark of faith in me and in everyone. Perhaps I wasn't willing to look for it or acknowledge it, but it is there. It is something greater than myself. That is what I was looking for. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to change my emotional liabilities so that I could transform. And I think over time, it's happened. And truly, it was the slow educational drip. I used the expression yesterday about the powers of erosion that eroded the Appalachian Mountains that once looked like the Rocky Mountains, the sun, the wind, the snow, getting crack, making cracks in the mountains. That's what I needed, a crack in my prejudice so that I could open the possibility that there is something out there. I know there is. I had a rather spirited discussion with someone last night who says it's all about control, that they have the power to control. And I said to her, in all honesty, it hasn't been working for me. It had not been working. I thought I was in control, but I wasn't. I had to cede my control to a power outside of myself. Whatever one calls it, trust the process. Don't rush it. Don't say there's something wrong because you haven't gotten it in step three. We get it when we get it. And it's sometimes a long time, but we get it. Hang in there. This is a beautiful, beautiful program. 21 years in it, gratefully abstinent, gratefully working with sponsors and sponsees. One and done is not the answer for me. I need to do it over and over because life changes and I change. And that's the beautiful nature of this program. It's ongoing. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Okay, before I open it up to more sharing, just to let you know if you got on late, uh, Janice read from page 567 on the spiritual experience. So who, who else would like to share on what was Madam. read? Madam. This is Jen A. Rasa Jen A. And Rasa Oh, I got you, Matt. Sue. Donna Donna, Donna. I hear you. Hey, Donna. Okay, Um, let's let's stick with that. Okay, here's who I have. Okay, I have Matt, and I I see Jen, and I see Bassa, and I got Sue and Donna. Okay, Matt, you're up. Good morning. Come on, Matt. Can you hear me, Larry? I can hear you now. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt. I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, God conscious is followed once by a vast change of feeling and outlook. For me, my 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 spiritual awakening is, is of the educational variety. I'm not. I'm, I finally am now praying every day, every every night before I go to bed, every morning when I wake up in the morning. I'm starting to get a connection with my higher power. I believe I have one. Before, I didn't believe there was a God. Not that I was atheist. I just didn't believe He wanted anything to do with me <clears throat> because of the kind of person that I was. When I'm in the food, I'm a nasty person. I'm a, I'm a liar, a cheat, a manipulator, self-serving person who doesn't care anything else about getting that next meal. And you know, I use people to get food. I use people to take me places and stuff like that without giving back, without giving gas money or paying for them once in a while. It's all about what I can take, take, take. I'll become a user. And uh, 
uh, this, this program is changing me. I'm really starting to have a profound alteration in my reaction to life. I'm giving back to people. I'm, I'm calling people on the phone just to ask how they're doing, not to ask them how to talk about myself. When I go out with people, I give them gas money most of the time if I can afford it, which I usually do. Uh, so if I'm going out with someone, I try not to take advantage of people. I try to give back because I don't have a lot of money to go around, but, you know, I do try to help out when I can. And that's, all I can that's all I can do. I do the best I can, you know, and uh, that's all my higher power God really wants for me. He wants me to be the best person he knows you ha he wants me to be, you know, and um, and it says I, I'm finally capable of facing all my problems. I have a lot of problems that are seem insurmountable, but if I just take them in piecemeal, I know I can I can conquer them with the help of my higher power. Nothing is I'm not infallible. Neither are my problems, you know. So um, thank God for that, and I don't have to worry about things that are that are beyond me. I just have to I just have to worry about my own my own self and take care of the things I need to take care of and not worry about the whole world or everybody else except myself right now. And with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Jennifer Marie from Colorado. What's the weather doing out there? Jennifer. Press star one. Come on, Thanks. Jen. Thanks, Larry. There you Sorry. are. I, there you I said are. the weather in Colorado was 60 yesterday, so we're not complaining. Uh, so okay. this is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from the state of Colorado. Thanks, Larry, for your service this morning. Um, it is true, and thank you, God, for bringing about the sufficient change in me. Um, the way in which I act and react to life today is changing because of the numerous spiritual experiences that have occurred in my life as a result of working the 12 steps. Thank you, God. So no longer am I interested in me, myself, and I. Instead, I have a tremendous desire um, to bring love and joy to those around me um, and serve God's kids every single day. And so no longer am I fighting or avoiding the food. I'm in a neutral place. That's amazing, right? The obsession has been lifted without any effort on my part. And um, I've also been able to face my fears with the help of this program um, by following the exact instructions in the big book as it's been laid out to me. So today I can be peaceful and know what serenity is. Um, and no longer am I alone or looking um, to find others to complete me. Um, I'm centered in God, and he is walking with me hand in hand on the broad highway, like it says. Um, I'm no longer blaming others or myself. Um, instead, I look for my part, and I continually ask for, uh, you know, I ask for, for guidance from a higher power, my higher power. Um, and the biggest thing for me was, so how do I know when this spiritual experience is occurring? I don't. It just happens. But what I do know is that the good things that are happening to me and flowing through me are the, are the God things. Um, and so there's definitely um, depth in the difference in my life. So I thank God for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Jen. Okay, we have Vasa followed by Sue. Hey, Vasa. Good hey, morning. Larry and everyone. Good morning. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Calling from Florida. It is warm down here, but I'm grateful to be down here. And uh, I love this uh, um, 
uh, the medical view of um, the spiritual experiences. And for many years, I remember going back and reading where I was. Did I have this? Did I have that? And then, and I never wanted to share about my spiritual experience because I didn't want people to think that I was crazy. So I did not believe in spiritual experiences until I had one. And I love to hear about people's um, spiritual experiences. It could be sudden. It could be educational. But we all end up in the same place. And uh, for me, I did not much, didn't know much about the program. I didn't know much. I wasn't reading the Bible or anything. It was my first meeting in Norway. I mean, the minute I walked in Overeaters Anonymous, to me it was a spiritual experience, you know, to learn that, you know, I had the allergy, I had a disease, and and there was hope, there was solution. I mean, to me it was like a thing, to, it was a song to my heart. But I did have a spiritual experience experience the minute I went home in 1986 from my first meeting and my sponsor 12-stepped me a little bit and she said to me I needed to surrender to a power greater than myself otherwise we're doomed you know and uh, you know I was terrified I said I don't know I'm scared to do this but I was I had the gift of desperation and I was so ready and willing to, to, to admit that I was powerless over the food, that my life was unmanageable, and uh, I, I was going to just die if I didn't, you know. And I did get on my knees, and I did surrender, you know, and I said, uh, Father, whatever, higher power, I surrender. I put the food in your hands, and please forgive me for all the sins. I didn't even know what my sins were. I didn't hear. I didn't read them till like till the fourth step came. That's when I started recognizing. And I had them all. Believe me, many of them. And I just put the food in God's hands, and I said, "Please help me." And I did have a spiritual experience that I kept it to myself for many years because I didn't want people to think about it. I didn't share the meetings, but I did share it with my sponsor, and she said, "That is God's experience. That is a spiritual experience. Whatever it is, hold on it." So I did feel that power. I felt that power go from my head to my heart. And this, and I heard this small voice say in my head, uh, it was like a gentle voice said to me uh, to be, uh, to be to, for acceptance and forgiveness and honesty. And it was all geared to me, not to other people at that time. And I, I felt like this, this, my heart was filled with, with joy I had no understanding, but it this happened to me, and I've had many, many, many experiences, like awakenings experiences, by working the twelve steps, and that's the only reason I kept coming, came back to my second meeting, and I've been coming, coming back. If I did not have this experience, if this didn't happen to me, I don't think I would be here many three decades after this experience. So it's the learning, the transformation, the cleansing, the washing, whatever you call it. I am here. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Vasa. Okay, we have Sue G. followed by Donna. Hey, Sue, good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is Sue G. from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. 
were plowing out, shoveling out, trying to get out to get to work. Um, snow, of course. Um, as we read the next page, we'll find that God consciousness is we religious ones call it God consciousness. And I've had people, so many people call me and ask how I know how I get a God conscious, you know, how, how I get my relationship with God. And how do I know I've got it? How do you know when you've got it? You know, and we had a phrase, I don't know if it was this local tar church or, um, or growing up or whatever, but it was just that I know that I know that I know that I know. And it's not something that that you can put into words and explain. It's an experience um, that you have, and it changes your life. And whether it's, even with religious, it, it can be slower. It could have come slower. It could have come quickly. Mine came quickly. Um, but there's still those God moments, those aha moments, when you learn something new, when something, when God does something and you say, ah, and, you, and it's so obvious that no one but God could have done that. And um, I love those, those God moments, those aha moments. Um, but I have tried to help people um, tell them what worked for me, what brought me to God, um, the getting on your knees, the praying, the asking God to come into your life if he's real, reveal himself to you. Um, there's many ways you can do it, but that was what worked for me. And I was down and out and unhappy, and I just um, threw myself at God and said, take my life. And he did. Praise God. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Sue. I knew a girl, and Donna was her name. Hey, Donna. Good morning. Um, Good morning. Donna Peak, um, also a reader in New Jersey. Thank you so much for your service. And um, I needed to get on the line today. And when I came into the program, I had a preconceived notion of who my higher power was because it was something that I have had for most of my life. I grew up in a specific faith practice and um you know it was we were it, the kind of place that I went it was like that's it there's one way and you have to believe this way so when I first came into the program and I read the passage that Bill you know Bill first thought why didn't you create your own higher power I was like <gasps> that's blasphemy oh my god how can I create a higher power I mean he created me and it wasn't that my idea of my higher power changed and it wasn't that my previous spiritual knowledge was not enough. It was just that head knowledge did not suffice to remove my obsession. Only the action of dwelling with my higher power and allowing my higher power to actually change me and be within me and to accept the fact that he or she or however anyone defines it is active in my life. And I had to even evolve my own idea of what I believed, not that he was, but that he was able to do for me and how he was able to interact with me. 
and how he really truly did care about me and whether or not I ate XYZ. You know, it's like there's so much more to what higher power is in my life than I thought there was. And I'm so grateful that this program is helping me discover that. I am not reinventing my higher power. I choose to believe for today that he is reinventing me and that he is transforming me from the inside out. So my spiritual experience is not a change in what I believe. It's how I believe that he is changing me one day at a time, and I'm grateful. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you all. God bless. Thanks, Donna. Well, we've got time for probably two, maybe three more shares. Who would like to take those slots here? This is Raquel. Laura E. Raquel. Did I hear Laura? Yes. Okay. And then uh, Craig. Why don't we Why don't we go with that? Um, okay, Raquel. Good morning. Good morning to you. Wonderful to be with you all. And thank you, Larry, for your service. Can you hear me okay? I can. Your uh, comments are great. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I am uh, talking to you from a very low point now. Um, I, I've been battling this morning with, guess what, with a half an apple that is sitting there. I haven't had that in a long time. And now that I am being called upon to to elaborate on this, this thing. I had it here since yesterday when we were promised that uh, we will go to um, to that appendix. Um, that half an apple is sitting there because, and, and it is a problem now, because of some grandiosity. There was somebody visiting us from ours, from our group, from uh, from uh, California, and it evoked in me about how much needs to be done, and. Um, and and we are not doing that great here in Israel, and especially not those who have no access to the English-speaking um, community. So I looked this up. <laughs> Dr. Jung says that our craving for alcohol was the equivalent on a low level of the spiritual thirst of our being for wholeness, expressed in medieval language, the union with God, He's daring to write this to Bill W. He didn't say it to um, to Roland Hazard because, like Dr. Uh, Silkworth, he was smart and he knew that those words wouldn't go, wouldn't pass by very easily in those days. In ours, neither, for other reasons. So, how could one be fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have, you know? Here is what he says, I'm sorry. The only right and legitimate way to such an experience is that it happens to you in reality and it can only happen to you when you walk on a path which leads you to a higher understanding. You might be led to that goal by an act of grace, which is what we are talking about, the, the spiritual happening, or through a personal and honest contact with friends or through a higher education of the mind beyond the confine of mere rationalism. And he says that that's what he's, he's glad to hear from Bill, that that's what happened, the middle road happened to Roland Hazard. Now to me, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I'm with you guys on this road. 
And what I have now is a thousand times better what I had before. I have a big problem to uh, trust, just trust, not faith. I have faith. But the, the enzyme of trusting, I think, was knocked to hell in me by a lot of betrayal from people who meant a lot to me. And maybe it'll come and maybe it won't, but I'm sure I'm not who I, I'm striving to be, but I'm not who I used to be. And I'm very grateful for all of you online and for, to Bill W. I talk to him frequently. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Raquel. Okay, Laura, your turn. Good morning. Good morning, Larry Kay. It's Morazine, Virginia. Oh, and, uh, uh Did you not call me? No, I did. I thought it was Laura. I'm sorry, Laura. Good morning. Oh, oh, oh. Was there a Laura? No, nah, no. Nah, there's something in my ears. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Um, Morazine recovered in Virginia. Um, I did not have a, you know, burning bush experience. Um, I frankly never thought that was going to happen. I'm starting my timer. I'm a few seconds late. Um, what I had was the educational variety. And I had that through a series of, um, of experiences that were only of God's making. Um, you know, years ago in a, in a meeting in uh, Orange, California, someone asked a question, and that question was, um, when did God do something for you? When did he work in your life before you asked him to, before you allowed him to? And the answer to me came immediately. My, my father had grand mal epileptic seizures, and I was absolutely terrified of being alone with daddy if he should ever have one because I would not know what to do. I was a little kid. And at sitting at that meeting, I realized, sad though it was, I was never alone with my father for more than a handful of times in my life. And never did he have a seizure in that situation. I mean, that, that came to me full force immediately after that question was, was asked. So I knew right then and there God had been working in my life before I ever gave him permission to do so. And then there were other things, like when I moved across country, I had to, you know, look at the calendar and figure this out and how long was it going to take this and how long was it going to take this. And I got on a plane and the next day my car arrived and the next day after that my household goods arrived and, you know, my coworker said stay in my house and my apartment over the garage and yes, you can bring your dog so I didn't have to pay for a, a hotel and everything was boom, 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 boom. That was not by Mora's design. That was God. That was further evidence to me that he was saying, now you're in the right place. Because he had spoken to me through an amazing electrical storm several months before when I was visiting this area. And I got the message clear as day then, this is where God wants me to be. So he made the whole thing possible. The most dramatic change in my life, though, has been the fact that I know him on a daily basis. And that I can speak with him and I can listen. And I am abstinent three plus years and I am recovered. And I know he is in me 
and around me every day. And he allows me to, to share this message. This is what I'm supposed to do, share this message. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Thanks so much, Maura. Hey, Craig, my apologies. I didn't have my abacus here to figure out the, uh, the time. <laughs> so if you could hang out for the second meeting, that would be terrific, Craig. Okay, and, and thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today. The share ID for today's meeting, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 11023. That's 11023. And now we're going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Hey, Mel, can you help us out with that this morning? I'd be grateful. Grateful. Thanks. Thanks. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.